Welcome to Media at Risk, a podcast from the Center for Media at Risk at the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania. In this episode, Annenberg doctoral candidate Samantha Oliver speaks with Monroe Price and Cornelia Thompson for the opening of an exhibit of Soviet-era art from East Germany. The pieces in the exhibit come from Monroe's personal collection, and Cornelia speaks to the challenges in climate that artists in East Germany faced. Hope you enjoy. Hi, my name is Samantha Oliver, and I'm a sixth-year PhD student at the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania. Today I'm chatting with Monroe Price and Cornelia Thompson ahead of the opening of an exhibit entitled Imagery, Narrative, Propaganda, Artists in the German Democratic Republic. Monroe Price is an adjunct full professor here at Annenberg and holds additional appointments at the Cardoza School of Law, the Stanhope Center for Communication and Policy Research, and Central European University. Cornelia Thompson is an artist and curator who spent the first 20 years of her life living in East Germany, where she developed a passion for the visual arts. She currently resides in New York, where she co-founded a gallery specializing in Japanese art and continues to display her artwork through a variety of exhibitions, shows, and catalogs. The prints and drawings featured in this exhibition come from the collection of Monroe and a Mae Brown Price. These works were produced by artists living in the shadow of the German Democratic Republic, the socialist political regime that governed East Germany from 1949 until 1990. The exhibition addresses numerous themes, including everyday life in the GDR, anti-fascism, the role of women in society, the celebration of economic achievement, and political satire. Guiding the exhibition are the core questions. How did the arts function as a vital medium in the German Democratic Republic? And what can an engagement with the visual arts tell us about issues of media and risk? First, could you start by telling us a little bit about how you came to acquire the pieces that make up the exhibition and what your motivation or inspiration was for collecting these works? Well, first of all, I have a kind of interest in collecting. It's unclear what this interest is. Partly it was because my wife is an art historian, and I needed some occupation. As I went to museums all over the world, I needed something that satisfied me. So I got interested in collecting in the areas which I was visiting. This particular collection of work started with an ICA meeting in Dresden. The International Communication Association Annual Conference. I came across the, the work of an extraordinary woman named Renata Geisberg-Wichmann, who wasn't East German. And I, I started buying her work on, on eBay. And through that, I came in contact with a kind of dealer in Leipzig who was selling off East German work. And so I would every, he, he would sell 20 or 30 works a week. And I would be, I wake wake up on Tuesday morning to see the launch of it, and then I would bid on his work, etc. So why was I interested in that? Because I'm interested in propaganda. I'm interested in the question of purpose of artists, and and this work seemed to to, to envelop those kinds of issues. And what do you think? these themes can tell us about artistic production under the GDR. What can we learn from engaging with these kinds of works? One of the questions here is, 
how the artist felt in terms of his or her role with respect to society. One of the things that's intriguing to me in preparing this exhibition was the, the way in which the West articulated the output of East German artists, often trivializing it, marginalizing it, etc., on the ground that it was mere propaganda or it, was, it wasn't art. The issue isn't is it art or not, it's not how it speaks to us, but it's how we understand how it spoke to them. It's a very complicated kind of question. And so many people evaluating East German art evaluate on how it speaks to us then or now, as opposed to how, it's, how it functioned within a society. I grew up in East Germany for the first 19 years of my life. There I always loved painting and drawing. And this is Cornelia, who delivered a talk to accompany the exhibition's opening. When I grew up, the world was completely different from anything else you can imagine. To cover the free time and the loneliness I had, I picked up a pencil and made drawings and became good at it, had some talent. I kept on doing it and could create my own world besides the rest of what I had to do. My interest was always in portrait painting, maybe because this was also the official state form. Portrait painting had a long tradition in European art history. To be able to make a living, I went to Meissen Porcelain Company in Meissen near Dresden where I uh, attended a four-year apprenticeship where I could combine all of it. And in East Germany, you could not plan ahead or have an international career because you were, you were bound by the borders and you had to make wise decisions how to live. You know. The artistic production had a function in East Germany. It had to represent the ideas of socialism. If you wanted to make a living or become famous, you had to just work with the government. Oil paintings of working heroes. State-sanctioned art that boldly idealizes communism. A lot of the functions were state-related functions. So, for example, how to underscore the idea, false or correct, that East Germany was peace-loving and West Germany was uh, redolent of fascism. If you tried to create your own works, your own ideas, you were you had no chance to be become visible in the state. And there were uh, underground artists who who had really interesting ideas, but they had just never a chance to be seen. The official painters learned or found a way to imply their thoughts in theatrical themes, for instance, and sent me messages out to the people who could then very early figure out what they meant. In my view, almost everything is propaganda. So the question is, where does it verge from mere narrative to something which is designed specifically to help shape the ideas of a society in a kind of promotional way? And so I think almost all the works in this exhibit have, uh, have propaganda elements in them, and important elements in them. Uh, let's take the question of how did one think of the artist as itself an element of propaganda. 
it's so significant and so important for the West to think of the artist as an individual engaged in acts of individual autonomy and agency, and uh, etc. And in that respect, anything that falls away from that is oppressive and restrictive and wrong. So I, this whole question of how to conceptualize who the artist is, uh, as, opposed, as opposed to a, a worker in the arts who has some function related to the development of the society, seems to me very much involved in the, in the exhibition. Everything I do is very closely related to my upbringing. For instance, when I studied later on in Frankfurt, I looked for something that was different to figurative art or to mice and porcelain decoration, and I found a professor who taught abstract art. Whereas abstract art became dominant in West Germany, in the East, painting remained overwhelmingly representational. Which I had known before because it was the official art form of the Western world, and in the East we pretty much focused on realistic painting, and so there I found a, a medium where I could reinvent myself. There was really a strong movement of self-censorship because you had to be careful, because you had no choice to go anywhere and you had to make sure that you would not get out of, kicked out of the country or be imprisoned for what you said. And it was a really uh, thin margin you had to walk on and you could try and maybe you succeeded, but it was always dangerous. Eastern German art is often recognizable by its, that you have to look at it twice to understand it. It's not loud, it's not like pop art right in your face. You have to be careful and immerse yourself in it. One question that's raised by this is whether there's a risk of not being related to your society. That is to say, it's the converse risk that the artist, that the notion of autonomy is so embedded that there, there is no tie, no, no, sen no sense of purpose and function that has, uh, that has dignity. Not serving society in a way other than exercising freedom and creating images which are beautiful or interesting, etc. And is there, a, is there a risk that way? So we, we always think of risks in the other direction, the risk that artists will be restricted, artists will be censored, artists will be stopped in their tracks. But I guess this exhibit and the East, some of the East German experiments ask, is there a risk of being too dissociated? Yeah, you see in the early prints that are shown in the show that they deal with World War II, with the Holocaust, with the lowest and harmful experience that people can have, and how they try to, through illustration or through art making, uh, work with it and work through it. And later on you see how the, in this exhibition, how the people, how the artists depict uh, socialism in a heroic form more and more. And it's always very connected to the time when those prints were made, what people would say and how they would say it. People who lived in that system had to deal with it, but they were still thinking people, and they had their ideas and dreams and hopes and implied them into the artworks. The painters and artists in Germany, in East Germany, they never looked at themselves as workers and farmers but this was the official idea of socialism, everyone would be equal. And so there was like a hierarchy in the system and they had a special position. 
but they always had to be conformed somehow with the officials. How do you think these themes and these understandings can speak to present-day context, present-day political environments, um, kind of what's going on in society today? I think we begin to see this now in artists thinking that they have a function and duty, that the thing that is called the resistance, for example, is not about freedom and autonomy of the artist, it's about banding together and doing things in furtherance of a goal, which in this sense is recapturing democratic values or liberal values. And in that sense, the, the question is, what do we learn about how this happens in a society? And, and the extent to which it's tainted by too much state control or control by other groups, it's, it's the lifelong problem of collective autonomy, that is to say, groups being independent, but in furtherance of a, a, a purpose for society. It could be independent of the corporation, it could be independent of large capital or independent of the state. The, the question here was independence from the state and still being in, in the function of society. We have a need for collective identities and we, we have a need for artists or art workers who help us develop those kinds of ideas. Thanks for listening. We'd like to thank Monroe and Ame Brown-Price, Cornelia Thompson, Waldo Aguirre, Samantha Oliver, and Emily Plowman. Barbie Zelizer is the director of the Center for Media at Risk. For more information, check out www.ascmediarisk.org.